Hi, thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Good morning, and welcome here. Thank, I'm, I'm, I hope that you're all enjoying the Labor Day long weekend. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that you're here with us on the long weekend. Normally, this is Camp Sunday, and we would typically take this weekend to go through and, and review things that have happened at camp. And, and uh, in short, uh, we've uh, called a bit of an audible today. We've been going through as a church family a lot of stuff over the last number of weeks. There's been folks in our church family that have gone through some tragic accidents. We've had some people that have gone through some really difficult relationships issues. We've had some folks that have been given some really grim health diagnoses. And we've had some others that have lost loved ones. And so this has been a a difficult time, trying time. And beyond that, it's impacted a lot of the rest of us as we've watched our friends and our loved ones, our family go through some of these things and it's continuing to ripple and impact us as well as we see our loved ones rocked. And beyond that, I'm sure that there's even things this morning that I don't even know about. Things that you might be going through in your world that you're just processing on your own and so on. And so we decided that we were going to switch gears and try and address that today before we dive into our, our service, uh, our uh, uh, kickoff series starting next week, and we had this little bit of a window of opportunity, so we wanted to, to talk to you today about something different. I want to speak about God's power to redeem, to redeem us, to redeem our circumstances. The challenges that we're facing may be as difficult as they are. And so rather than having Camp Sunday, we're going to do that. Now, I want to point out that if you didn't get a bulletin, you'll want to get a bulletin this morning because in your bulletin is sort of a a summary, a little bit of a cheat sheet of all the things that God was doing. Well, some of the things. We couldn't list all of the things that God was doing out at camp, but there's a nice sort of a summary in there. So don't miss that. Grab a a bulletin if you didn't get one when you came in. And then beyond that, I'd encourage you to track down Kenton sometime and just let him tell you a little bit about some of the things that were going on at camp this summer and the way that God has provided. And just even as we went into it, starting in COVID and then coming out of COVID, quote-unquote, in the middle of it and, and so on, there's just some really cool stories there. So it's not that God didn't do anything at camp this summer. He was every bit as busy at, at Pleasant View as he's ever been. Um, but we just wanted to switch gears a little bit and address something different this morning. So as we do that, would you just stop and would you Bow with me in prayer as we ask God to come and speak to us and and minister to us today. Father, this morning, again, we stop and we say thank you. Thank you for Pleasant View, Lord, for what you've done out there, for the number of lives that you touched, changed as you called kids to yourself. Thank you for that. Thank you for 
the opportunity that we have to be a part of that, that you've asked us to partner with you in that through camp. Lord, for those others that rededicated themselves, for the way that you worked amongst staff and, and speakers and everything right across the board, we thank you for that. Thank you for that blessing. We're looking forward to the barbecue, Lord, where we can get together again with some of these campers, some of their families. I pray that you'd draw them out to that so that we could continue to foster a relationship with them so that we could share you with them in the days and weeks going forward. And Lord, this morning too, we recognize that there are challenges that so many of our congregation are going through on so many different levels. Lord, that are, they're, they're significant, they hurt, and we need your help. And so this morning as we, as we stop and, and start to address this or try to just focus somewhat on it, I would pray that you would come and that by your spirit that you would visit us this morning in a way that is different than typical, that you would draw them close, that you would touch them, those that may be here this morning, those that are watching online today or even later, that you would make yourself known to them and that they would be able to lean into you going forward and watch you work in the midst of their circumstances such that we would know that you are God and that you are with us that you care, and that you're invested. And so to that end, I ask these things now, and I ask them all in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. All right. Church family, I continue to be concerned about the Western church, I guess, maybe for sure categorically, but even to some extent, our FBC church and family here that we're a group of people that know of God, but we're not necessarily a group of people that know God. We have information, we have knowledge about Him, but we haven't necessarily experienced Him in our lives to the point where we believe Him to be real. He's remained somewhat theoretical to us and not actual. And I've been praying hard for a while now, that we would know God in terms that go beyond any shadow of a doubt. And so this morning, I can't help but wonder what it is, why it is that we're in this situation. And of course, the first thing that comes to mind is that we're just so blessed. I've mentioned it before. That as we go about our lives and even our faith that we have no real need for God because we can handle so many things on our own. That we have the ability, that we have the self-sufficiency, if you will, if you can be so myopic as to think that we're able to accomplish everything that we're accomplishing on our own. But that we have then no, no real need for God in our lives. We can handle our day-to-day -day circumstances without any challenges or problems for the most part. And even the challenges and problems that, that we do encounter, more often than not, we can apply our resources or our abilities to them and somehow navigate through them. Or on the other hand, I wonder if we have just arrived at a place where we adopt and adapt 
our theology to our circumstances, which is to say that we take our circumstances and we make God fit into them. And that we adjust our theology, our, which is to say our understanding of God, our, our perception of Him, to suit our world. So as I encounter different things, as I run into different challenges, then as these things play out, well, then I adapt my perspective of God. And either way, this is a problem. There's a problem. If we're looking at ourselves as self-sufficient, that's a problem. If we're looking at God and adapting Him to ourselves, that's a problem. It's a problem at the best of times, let alone in the challenging times. And so what happens that as we encounter challenges in our lives, as we encounter difficulties, I think what we do is we bring God down to our level. So even as we encounter challenges on this level, on these levels that I've been talking about earlier this morning, relationship problems that difficult, health diagnoses that bad, loss that big, we lower our perspectives to ourselves and those circumstances. And as we do, then we factor God out of the equation. We leave him out of our world. And we forfeit the opportunity that we have to know him. The assurance that he is real and there and with us. And that he can come to bear on our circumstances. Rather than our circumstances always coming to bear on us and him. And as we lower then our perspective to ourselves and our circumstances, this human level, then we forfeit so much the potential that we have in life going forward knowing God. And having that foundation in our lives where He is with us. And we count on Him to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, to transcend our circumstances and help us live a different life. A better life. Now, hear me carefully this morning. I am not up here saying that God is going to restore every relationship, that He is going to heal every disease or health problem, and that He's going to bring our loved ones back from the dead. But I am saying this morning that as we learn to seek and follow God, as we learn to know God in our lives for real, beyond a shadow of a doubt, including in all of these scenarios, these challenges that are rocking our world right now. 
that first of all, we will experience him. We will discover him in significant and tangible ways. Regardless, regardless of the outcomes in these different scenarios or circumstances. But in ways that will help us to navigate them regardless of the outcomes. So for example, what I'm trying to say is to try and put skin on the vision, and you've heard me say this before, when I lost my dad, when I lost my cousin, when I lost my sister, in those circumstances, I found God to the point where I can stand here today and there's not a doubt in my mind that he is real, that he exists, that what he says in his word is true. That didn't change the fact that they all died. But as I found him in those circumstances, it helped me process even their deaths. As much as I wanted the outcome to be different, Today I can stand here and I can tell you that there is a God. And that even in the worst of our challenges, he can make it different, he can make it better, he can make it to the point where you can understand that something good has come out of it that has changed you. But secondly this morning, I am also here saying, that I believe that as we seek God and follow Him, that we will also see Him be, work in divine ways to change our circumstances and our scenarios far more often towards the outcomes that we're looking for. Why do you say that, Doug? How... how that's just prosperity gospel. And it's not. As we were talking about this in the office this weekend, as I was sharing with Bruce about where I was going to go this morning, he reminded me he had just been reading in, back in Hebrews again of Hebrews 11.4. I'm not going to put it up on the screen this morning. We don't have time. But I encourage you to go back and look at Hebrews 11.4 and the fact that God wants to reward his people. So I'm not just up here trying to blow smoke this morning. I'm not up here trying to sell some rose-colored stained glass window perspective on life. I believe that as we get engaged with God, that he will impact our lives in very real ways. Not always the way that we want it to, but maybe far more often than we've seen him before. And this morning... When I talk about engaging with God and seeking God and following God, let me put, put that in perspective again this morning so that we can understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, first of all, that we would be in his word. Like, I mean, if you're not in his word, honestly, I'm not trying to be ignorant or anything like that. I'm just straight up. If you don't know what he said, then how on earth do you know what he is doing? How, how, how can we begin to find where he is in our lives? If we, does, we don't know what he tells us to do, then we're never going to know it's him. 
beyond some sort of a superficial level. So I'm encouraging you, get in your word and pray. Get in your word, I'm sorry, and read and pray. Make your spiritual life a commitment in your life. And engage with him. So, a little bit more specifically. As we read, we come across scriptures such as Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. And through that then, then we know that God's mercies are new every morning. And as I know that then, then I can engage with God that, in that in my life. That in my circumstances, good or bad, I can be going to God and looking for Him and saying, Hey, Lord, you say that your mercies are new every morning, and now I'm engaged with you in that. I'm going to be watching for you in that today. And mark my words. He will show up in ways where you go, okay, that can only have been God. We'll find them. We'll find those mercies. And in that, we'll know that he's real and involved in our lives. He promises us in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, his peace that passes all understanding. So as, as we see that, as we encounter that in Scripture, as we read that and see that he's offered that to us, then we can engage with him in that. We can take him up on that and say, okay, Lord, in the midst of these circumstances, these challenges that I'm facing that you know all about right now, where I am wrecked, where I am devastated, where I am floundering, where I can't sleep. I need your peace. And I believe then we will be blessed with it. And we'll find God in a new way. Where Humanly speaking, we should be absolutely devastated. Where we should be walking zombies, not having had any rest. But what we'll find instead will be that God will visit us with his peace. And that we'll be able to sleep at night. The panic attacks will disappear. Because he will bless us beyond what we're able to on our own. Beyond what we can manufacture for ourselves. When we read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that when we acknowledge God, which is to say that when we look for him, when we determine to live for him, follow him, adopt his principles and his plans and his edicts for our lives, that then he will order our world and our steps where we're floundering and don't know where to go, which way to turn, that he will make a path straight for us in life. 
such that, again, that we'll be able to have known and seen him work in our lives in such a way as to never question that he's there. And these are just three examples, just three. And there are tons and tons more of them. So I'm encouraging us as a church family to dive in and pursue God. Find out what he says and then engage with him in that and watch him show up and make himself real in your world. Now obviously, it is better for us if we start that in the midst of the good circumstances, which is really tough because where it's good. Things are going well. We don't have any need again. But I'd encourage you, dive in and do that starting today, wherever you're at. And as a matter of fact, we're going to start to address this in this series coming up this fall. As we go into this fall, actually not just our opening series, which is Help, I Need Someone, but through some other series as well that we're going to be going through between September and December, where we're looking at an eternal perspective, where we bring ourselves in line with who God is and what he wants to do through us, in us and through us. And then we commit ourselves to following him and his mission for us. And I'm excited about that. Because I believe that this will help us to to change our perspective on God. That he will become more real to us as we engage in that whole process. And so I'd encourage you, man, be here for the fall. Commit to being here for the fall. Bring a friend. Bring someone that's struggling. Because I think God's going to show up and I'm trusting that he's going to help us to change as his people. But this morning, it's not too late. If we're in the midst of these challenges, if you find yourself in the midst of these challenges or something different, it is not too late to engage with God and see him work today in your circumstances. So I want to encourage us this morning from God's word, out of Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Psalm 103, 1 to 5. If you've got your Bibles with you, turn with me. If you don't, then that's not a problem. We'll put that on the screens for you. These five verses, I think, are so significant for us day by day, but especially as we encounter challenges. It says there, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. All right, this morning, this is another of David's psalms. We recently looked at David's prayer in Psalm 51. And you'll recall from David's life and even from Psalm 51 that David had his share of challenges and difficulties. David was not just whistling Dixie when it came to being able to talk about the benefits of God in his life and 
relation to his circumstances. He was being chased by Saul. He was trying to be killed. All kinds of things over and over. Different scenarios and challenges that he had to face. And he wrote about those in a number of, of psalms. But in this psalm here, David comes along and he's reminding himself to praise God and not forget God's benefits. And this morning, as David writes that, then it is a, it's a reminder for us now as well to not forget God's benefits. Starts off in verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David starts off here by addressing himself at the deepest level. His soul. In his soul. Which is to say that David is talking to himself. He's coaching himself at his core. And I would venture to say this morning that our first lesson in this psalm is that we need to know God like David knows God in his core. At the depths of his soul. Not just in our heads. Where we have some intellectual knowledge of God. He's not just talking to himself in his head. Oh, believe it, believe it, believe it, David. But that we would know God at our core. And he's not just talking to himself on an emotional level. Where he's saying, oh, feel it, David. Feel it. Feel, feel God. Feel God. Where we'd have some sort of warm fuzzies every once in a while about God and how nice he is and so on and so forth. But rather that we would know him at our core. Where it transcends our feelings, our emotions. So we need to know God there. And David, I think, even in this, gives us hope that we can. As he addresses himself on that level. Reminding himself at that level. And now that's the second thing that we need to understand this morning. That even at that level, where we come to know God at our core, David shows us that we have to remind ourselves to remember to praise God and to remind ourselves ourselves of all God's benefits. Even at this level, we tend to deviate back into our own orbit, which is in essence our pride, our carnal nature coming about where we tend to always think that we can do this on our own, that the good happening in our lives is because I've somehow manufactured it. Or where we look at our circumstances and we tend to think that we have the capacity within ourselves to handle them. So wherever you are today, however well it's going or however big the challenge is, Remind yourself today of God. Praise Him. And remember His benefits. 
Verse 3, David carries on with some of these benefits that he knows of God. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. When it comes to God's benefit, David reminds himself right off the, off the hop of the biggest one that we have in God. That he forgives our sins. This morning, that benefit there gives us the best perspective and foundation for going forward in life. That as we remember God, and as we start to list his benefits, that we would start with the fact that God has forgiven us through Jesus Christ. That he no longer holds us apart from himself as enemies, but that he's embraced us as we accept Christ into our lives and trust, put, place our trust in him, that he's embraced us into his family now. And with that rock in place, with that rock dealt with, now that we've got the rest of the perspective that we need going forward in life, that he's handled our biggest challenge, that we've derived that benefit, the biggest of all benefits from him, right at the outset. And that we can now continue on and process more beyond that. God always starts with our biggest problem, which is sin. And sets out to rectify that. And he has through Jesus Christ. Always remember and don't ever forget because that sets us up to understand and to process the rest of the life that we're living now. The circumstances that we face. Moreover, David goes on and he says, he heals all our diseases. Okay, and we have a tendency to hear that and we think of our physical diseases. We think of health. But keel and delitzitz, if I'm pronouncing that right, good German name, they point out in their commentary that here the word diseases refers to, and I quote, not merely bodily diseases, but all kinds of inward and outward suffering. So as we come, come to this in, in Psalm 103, and it, David's saying he heals all our diseases, understand that he's not just talking about physical ailments. Those two. But your relationship problems God can, can deal with. The losses you, you encounter he can deal with. Financial challenges he can deal with. The list goes on. The issues that we face, then God can come in and come to bear on those things and heal them in our lives, regardless, hear me again, regardless of what the outcome is. So this is broader than just physical. And now, again, just to help us to understand that a little bit better, Listen, listen to Paul talk about his, the challenges he faced in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-28. There Paul says this, Five times I received from the Jews the, four, the 40 lashes minus one. How many times have you been lashed? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Anybody here? 
I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Not to belittle anyone's situation or circumstance here this morning, but is anybody, can anybody dream up a list like this? So Paul, all I'm saying here is that Paul knows something about challenges. He's not talking off the top of his head. He's not talking theoretically. He's been there. He's walked in our shoes and beyond, I would venture to say today. So listen now. Listen now to Paul's assessment of all that in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. He says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now, these outcomes that we hear here as he's speaking in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. We need to understand those. Paul points to those things as actual divine intervention in his life. Those things he's saying, as I went through those things, all those outcomes were because God delivered me. And again, if you're good, you're saying, well, Baton, how do you come up with that? How, how do you arrive at that? I don't see that in the text. And I would encourage you then, go back and check out chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. where again, Paul refers to these circumstances and his assessment then of that. Summary there. Go back and check it out. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It is not that somehow God, or that Paul somehow managed, if you will, to navigate these things. That he somehow found a way to endure or survive the challenges that he was facing, but rather that God delivered him from them. He testifies to that. I think we read this so oftentimes, and we think that it's somehow on account of Paul's resilience. And we want to be more like Paul, or we compare ourselves to Paul, and we think, well, how, how, how do I do that? Because I'm nowhere near Paul. I'm not, not like him at all. And Paul's not saying that he survived it because of his resilience. He's not pointing that out. He's saying that I survived all of this because God delivered me through it. So this isn't a testimony about Paul. This is a testimony about God. And that as we then find our way to be more like Paul, as we follow God, then I think that this becomes our testimony too, where we get through our circumstances and our challenges in life, and we look back and we say to those around us, this is what God did for me. 
He delivered me. And we can testify to that ourselves. It doesn't have to be just Paul's testimony. It can be yours and mine too. Yes, for sure. This is, these are circumstances that Paul went through specifically. Not disputing that. But there is nothing, hear me, there is nothing in the text that says that this cannot be your circumstance too. The God, there's nowhere that God doesn't come along and say that I can do that only for Paul, not for you. He can do that for us as well as we engage with him in it. Verse 4. says, Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Further to the forgiveness of our sins. God redeems us from death to eternal life. Which is what he's referring to in the pit. Death. The antithesis of God. David reminds himself that God has redeemed us from that. This morning we need to hear that. And we need to quit crawling back into the pit. We have to quit trying to go back into our earthly carnal ways and the circumstances and the, and the results that come from that. We've been redeemed from all that. God's pulled us out of it. He wants more for our lives. Let's not try and go backwards into it by our own volition, by our own power as we think we know better, as we think that we're able to handle things but in essence, pursue things contrary to God and therefore then just mess up our lives worse. Then David reminds himself of something more. And as he reminds himself, he reminds us as well. That God doesn't just save us from our challenges and our difficulties, but he also blesses us in our lives he blesses us with compassion and love. Those are, those are covenant blessings. Where God has come along, we see that in his covenant to his people. Where he says, as you follow me, I will love you and I will have compassion on you. That speaks to his goodness and grace in our lives where he intervenes for us and he provides for us the life that we want. Where he addresses our needs and our desires. They speak to our good, his goodness and, and grace. And the result of that we find in verse 5. He satisfies our desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In his love and compassion, he wants to meet our desires. He's given us those desires. He wants to fulfill them for us. He wants us to experience them. As he's created us as he's built us and he's the one 
that can lead us to them, that can fulfill those for us as we follow him. And as we lean into him then, we'll experience him in that. We'll know his strength and his vitality such that our youth would be, have been renewed, as it were, like the eagles. Eagle was an image of strength and vitality to the Jewish people. David taps into that and says that that's available to us through God. That we would have that. This morning, we need to understand and don't doubt that God is into blessing His people. That He wants us to thrive. That He is not a slumlord God withholding from his people, but rather wanting to pour out his blessings upon his people. And we can trust him in that, which means that we need to then follow him to experience it. How do we know this? How do we know this this morning? Well, it's what we celebrate at communion. We celebrate that God is wanting to bless us. That He wants relationship with us. Because we see the most prime and significant example of that in the gift to us of Jesus Christ, His Son. We recognize at communion that God spared nothing for us in order that we could have relationship with Him so that He could draw us into the life that we want, so that He could fulfill our lives for us with the good things that He's had planned for us and has in store for us as we follow Him. And it's interesting to me that in communion, Jesus also said, this do in remembrance of me. Just like David realized, Jesus knew that we need to remember as well God. That we're prone to forget who He is and what He's done. And so He's ordained this thing for us called communion so that we can remind ourselves regularly, not just of the fact that He's died for us, which is obviously in and of itself way beyond what we know or should ever deserve, could deserve. But not just that. He didn't just save us from that, but he's also saved us to something that he wants to pour out more on us going forward. I'm going to ask the servers to come forward if they would, and as they come this morning, if you're visiting here with us, you're welcome to take part in communion. There's not really a whole bunch of requirements here other than two uh, that you would first of all, have come to the point in your life where you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And secondly, that then that you would be in good standing, that you have done all that you can to resolve any issues with others around you that anyone might have. We're going to 
ask the servers if they would to pass out the elements. I would encourage you just to hang on to them. They're in these little containers and there's a wafer in the top and there's juice in the bottom. You can go ahead and try and open those up. It's a bit of a process. But I encourage you to um, open them up, hold on to them until everyone's been served. Then I'm going to pray and then we'll partake together. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning again, as we come to communion, as we reflect back, Lord, we stop and we say thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the glimpse that we have. Not just a glimpse, but a, a full-on look at your goodness and your grace, your love for us in that act. Thank you for the difference that that makes, that we can have a restored relationship with you. That we have our lives now and for eternity to look forward to with you. Thank you for Christ's body that was broken for us, for his blood that was shed for us, and for the forgiveness that, of sins that comes through, through that. Lord, we thank you. And we remember, and we pray these things in Christ's name. The wafer is representative of God's body broken for us. The juice is a symbol of his blood shed for us. This do in remembrance of him. morning, just before we carry on, we're going to sing in just a moment, close in a song. But I can't help but think that if we can trust God at this most foundational, this most significant of levels, then we can surely trust him in the other challenges that we're facing. And so this morning I want to leave you with a verse. One more verse to take with you. As you're encountering challenges, as you're watching others around you encounter challenges, as you're vicariously navigating those challenges. Remember with me Psalm 130 verse 7. There it says, Israel. First Baptist Church, church family, wait for the Lord, which is to say, look to him, watch for him, count on him, engage with him, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is Abundant redemption. Whatever, whatever the challenges that we're facing, God is bigger this morning. Trust Him. 
follow him because he has the ability to redeem you. And he has the ability to redeem your circumstances.